0: open candid honest clarity let's talk to the newsmakers and politicians and influencers and let's ask them your questions let's be clear Thanks for listening to the Let's Be Clear podcast. Will You at Chris Cantor-Gianni, and Stephanie Metzger all here talking today about the Channing Frye interview. This one, guys, came together last minute. It was phone calls made late at night to get a location.
1: Channing was in. That's, what that's time? Right. Oh, yeah, and this was the first one of the second round. Is that right? Yeah, this was season so, two's premiere. We we had, but were really caught up in the first round about where are we going to park the truck because we really want it to look really good. And for this one, we settled on on Crocker Park, which is a— outdoor shopping mall, which I really wasn't that sure it was going to work, but I will say it worked out great because people were walking by, doing their shopping, You know, they gravitated towards the truck, and uh, that that wound up being a pretty cool location, actually. Well, and we were in front of
0: uh, Homage, the store where he yes. had done some sort of podcast before, so he was very familiar with it, and it was an area that he really liked. I think we got a lot of interest in the Channing Frye interview because not only is Cleveland a sports town, but the, the crowd really loved him once he became a cowboy.
2: Yeah, fans love him. I think they still do. I think he's going to be one of those Cleveland athletes that's always going to be thought of fondly here. Um, No, he wasn't, you know, your LeBron or Kevin Love level of player, but fans really took to him. And I think it is because as we saw in his conversation, he was just very open and honest. He really seemed to want to be there. And he really seemed to have a lot to say and was passionate about those things that he said.
0: So what's his next step? What does he think about Quicken Loans Arena getting transformed into the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse? How close are the Cavaliers to getting back to prominence? We ask him all this and much more in this edition of the Let's Be Clear podcast. Welcome to Channing Fry. Thanks for joining Thank us you here. For coming out here. We're at Homage. Side. This is your territory yes. right yeah, here. You yeah, did yeah, the, the, the podcast.
3: Side. Yeah, we did a podcast here. Love their gear. Uh, we've been working pretty closely with them for the last two or three years, and uh, it's a great relationship. It's good. It's great clothes, really comfortable. Now, why wasn't I invited to the podcast? I invited Oh man, you to my that thing. was uh, Richard and Allie were in charge of that, so that wasn't me. That was uh, that was them. I just show up. I'm just a, I'm just a talent.
0: Okay. Yes. You're retiring at age 35. Yep. That's the dream. The right? dream. I mean, I wish I could be in that shoot. What was the <laughs> light bulb moment that you said, "I'm doing this"?
3: You know what? I think um, you know. Eventually, it comes down to this: Am I still a basketball player? And I think for me, I love the game, and I love being a part of like the team aspect. I yeah. love this organization. But for me, I stopped getting better as a player. Um, the league is going younger; it's changing, um, and my opportunities became less and less. And so, you know, I figured out where I could really excel was being like, you know, a player coach. And uh, for me, I'm all in on one or the other. So I'm either all a player, or I'm all a coach, or I'm all this. So for me, when I didn't play for a long time and I was just around my kids more, and my family more, I was like, they need more time than I do right now. And so. Um, I love basketball, but I love it differently than as a player. So, when that time is up, I "Put my hands up," and I'm excited to see what's next. Yeah, you played for six different teams. Yeah, yeah, you all over the on country.
0: Everything from rebuilding teams yeah. to
3: championship winning teams. What do you look back on? What was the moment? Was it the championship? By far the championship. I think um, just that whole year, how it went from being on one of the worst teams in the NBA to go to the Cavs and not only have some of my best friends on our team, but the relationships that we still have. Yeah. Um, obviously, Kevin Richard and I, you know, I still talk to JR or Kyle Korver or LeBron or, you know, who, who are Tristan. And, you know, the relationships, I think, for me, is the, my favorite part about basketball. Winning is going to come and go, and sometimes you can control that. Um, the superstars control that. But I think sometimes, most of the time, it's out of your control. But uh, the relationships you build and the people you meet, You can control that, and, um, you know, I've had a great time here in Cleveland. This has been amazing, and, uh, you know, I'm glad I had this opportunity to play here.
0: You were kind of credited with creating
3: those relationships, right? Like the group (laughs)
0: texting, and you were the guy that came in and kind of brought everyone together. How did you do that?
3: Um, Well, they were grouchy. They were all grouchy, and I was like, guys, you're living the life, right? You're winning every night. You don't even have to try. You play with the best player in the NBA, and uh, I think for me, I just don't like that vibe. Like, if I I go to practice, I want to be fun. We could be competitive. But let's be fun. And I was saying, why isn't we, why aren't we all on one text chain, you know? So I constantly kept hampering them to get on one text chain. Like, let's go to dinner. Let's do stuff like that. Like, let's do team stuff because the basketball stuff is there. We have two of the top five great, like, best players in the league right now um, and three of the top 15. So why are we not having fun? This should be great. And I think for us, um, Richard and I, I think it's where we kind of connected with not only Kevin, but Braun and Kyrie and just kind of bringing everybody together, just kind of being the catalyst. You kind of mentioned LeBron, greatest player of all time. Do you think yeah. he's the greatest of all time? Uh, I said this on Twitter last night. Statistically, yes, he is. But I think um, in everyone's hearts and just the transition of like where basketball was to what it is now, it's Michael Jordan. So I say your heart, it's Michael Jordan. Statistically, it's MJ. And then or statistically, it's LeBron. And I would say if people want to go by wins or rings, it's Bill Russell. Okay. So you can't say, well, Jordan is better than Kobe because they never played against each other in that realm, you know? I right. think um, it just is one of those things. And I don't know why nobody talks about Tim Duncan, you know? yeah, one of the greatest power forwards of all time, but he doesn't get mentioned because he's boring, you know? Yeah, he was the chess guy. Yeah, right? the
0: chess guy. Hey, uh, this comes from Joe. Are you sure you can afford to retire with four kids?
3: Oh, yeah. I'm all right. Um... I'm going to still have a job, so I'll be all right, man. And um, hopefully, you know, my son's pretty tall, and uh, my daughters like sports, so hopefully we can get him into golf and tennis and get free college scholarships. What do you do do now? I mean, a lot of people, they go to fish or
0: they go to golf or... Uh, No,
3: no, I like fishing and golfing, but right now I'm uh, actually getting ready to leave tomorrow to go do some announcing, some broadcasting, and then I have some other opportunities that I want to kind of... Just dip my foot in and see if I love. I think, um, for me, it's most exciting is trying to find something else that I love. Yeah. Uh, something else that fires me up in the morning. And, um, you know, obviously commentating, being a part of basketball, being still connected. Yeah. But on a different uh, different side is uh, very exciting to me. Now, you said you want to kind of be normal a little bit. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You know, you're used to, for the last 20-something years... Yeah. Uh, Hey, you got to work on your post-move. Yeah. you got to work on this.
3: Oh, you don't want to work on it. No, I don't want to work on that. But how hard is it going
0: to be to be normal? You're seven foot tall. No, no,
3: no. I'm normal for me. Now, me being normal means uh, just I'm on my schedule. I think, you know, for me being normal means I have to put everyone else ahead of myself. and okay. I kind of I'm really comfortable with that right now. And I think before, when you're in the league, it's like, you know, my wife and I talk about, well, what would I be doing right now? I'd be like planning my whole summer. These months I'm doing this. Here's our vacations. We can't vacation now because I need to be in this amount of shape. I can't get above this weight. I can't get below this weight. What are my trainers doing? What are we doing? When are we going to watch film? Like, there's this whole process. that you got to, everything has to be like pre, you know, premeditated. Yeah. Well, now it's like, you know, I have my vacations and I'm like, oh, look at my calendar. Okay, okay, this Wednesday works. I'm not doing anything. And that's what's fun and that's what's exciting. And I think um, me being normal means I'm just not you know, in the limelight as an as a NBA player anymore. I've, I've, it's fun, it's amazing, I'm appreciative, but I like to, you know, kind of chill out a little bit. You said in your retirement speech there that
0: Cleveland, the community, being involved in it, yeah. kind of changed your life forever. Yeah, yeah, what, what yeah. I that?
3: think for me, um, where I am uh, in my life or where I was mm-hmm. these past three years, so many highs and lows, the Cleveland community has really embraced me and, um, and uh, really given me the opportunity to be me um, and just kind of be this, like, I say I'm like the uh, cult classic, you know, like the Nacho Libre of, like, <laughs> NBA players. You know, it's like you love you love the movie if you love it. If you don't, it's kind of whatever. Yeah. But I think for me, just to have the opportunity to be myself has really helped a lot of other guys that have come here. And the fact that I love this city so much, everyone who's played on this team this year has been like, man, I didn't know how awesome it was here. Like, your enthusiasm here, the fans here, like, everything here is um, – way better than how people assume it is and i think cleveland is on the up and up as like destinations not only because of the fans but uh, people are really starting to see the city and how it's growing do you see yourself still being involved in some capacity or in some back capacity now, yeah 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 i'm a west coast guy so i'm moving at the end of the well middle of the summer back yeah. after my kid's school is done um but yeah I'll, be, I'll definitely be back and forth i think this organization uh is done right by me and um You know, I like where we're going and the guys that are on the team. So, as long as it works for them, it works for me. And we'll just talk about that. There's no rush. You know, I'm always always up. You mentioned you like where they're going. Give me your assessment of the Cavaliers right now going forward. Well, I think you really look, and I talk with the guys about this, if we kept a team pat, right, there's only uh, one or two things we really need. And I think um, uh, I'll keep that quiet, but I'll tell you what we have. I think we have a championship front court, And I think we have a very young um, but growing backcourt. I think for me, you look at Colin, uh, you look at Jordan, you look at Jetty, um, you look at Delhi coming back next year. That's a really solid uh, backcourt, but I think you just need to add maybe um, some bigger shooting. You know, that's just for me. Yeah. But then the front court, you have Tristan, Larry, Kevin, young Marquise, John Henson. These are playoff-ready veteran big men. These are championship-level big men. So for me, um, just to continue to grow this team, Um, to to make sure this team is is taking the culture that we established this year, regardless of wins and losses, and and continuing next year is uh, really a thing. So you don't need to add a lot, just one or two more pieces, and uh, you'll be pretty solid to uh, make the playoffs next year. I'm going to get back online here. This is from Chris, is broadcasting in your future. You kind of mentioned that Yeah, 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 it definitely is. I think right now we're getting a lot of uh, opportunities to go do it, and I think for me um, I have this knack of being able to explain the game a little bit easier for people. I think sometimes – you know, the game has evolved from, you know, like no offense to like Charles and Shaq and Reggie. The game has evolved to, you know, and I'm closer to it's the guys that play. It's a different style. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. They know exactly what they're talking about, but I just think the language is a little different now. Um, yeah, guys are, you know, really good or really bad, but you got to look at how the game is supposed to be played, especially in the playoffs. Um, a lot of chess pieces being moved. Um, why teams shouldn't worry when they have home court if they lose the first game. Um, I think you've seen that. Um, and I think, um, you know, for me, just being able to watch and explain it, it's been awesome. Let's go back online. This is from Anthony. Who was the most influential in getting you into
0: the NBA? What kind of player did you watch when you were a kid? Uh,
3: I watched a lot of Hakeem Olajuwon. Um, I'm a big Phoenix Suns fan, so, I, you know, I, was, I wasn't watching any big men, really. I was always watching, like, Dan Marley, You want to Charles be a point guy, huh? yeah, oh, yeah. Well, I just, I could never really shoot, but I always admired it. I think that's maybe why I turned into what I turned into subconsciously, but... Yeah, there was no real big man, and I think eventually I really looked up to Tim Duncan um, when I started to go to college. I thought I was going to be a center, but then I came to the NBA and realized I had to go Shaq and Yao and Tim Duncan, and I said, no, thank you, so <laughs> I'm good. I'll just go out there and shoot threes the Do time. a little
0: pivot there. This is from Dave. How much longer you be living in Cleveland? You mentioned... Uh, uh, a couple months, a couple, a couple months, of months, but
3: I'll be back and forth. I think um, I'm definitely going to try to do something with Fox Force Ohio. Ohio. Um, you know, I love that team. Those guys have been great to me, yeah. and... Um, yeah, I love the opportunity to work with them.
0: You mentioned on social media, you had a couple months left in Cleveland. What should you do? And yeah. I think you got a
3: lot of responses. What yeah, was yeah. the
0: wackiest one? What did somebody say that made uh, you do a double take?
3: I wouldn't say nothing's, nothing's too wacky. I've seen a lot of things in 14 years. But I think for me, it's just, hey, come over and have some beers and barbecue. And I'm like, I can do that in my own house. Like, yeah. you know, I, but I think um, for me, I am going to go explore a little bit. I forgot what I did the other day. I do so much stuff all the time, like randomly, try new restaurants, i um, trying new things but I am going to go to uh, that park I can't fit on any of the rides so I'll go anyways <laughs> I'll take my kids and just stand. so
0: you you need to see you know most people you need to be this tall you yeah, need to yeah, see yeah. you need to be this short and, yeah, and yeah 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 sure. just...
3: tall rides are not built like the thing comes to here yeah you know on um, on most roller coasters a little lock thing comes to here but yeah, man. Well, I'm excited, man. There's so much in Cleveland that's uh, I just got to drive a little bit. Let me put the shoe on the other foot for you. Yeah. You go to the West Coast. Yep. And somebody says, "Channing, I'm going to Cleveland.
0: I know you were there for a while. Right. What should I do while I'm in town? What do you tell people to do when they're back here?
3: Uh, the, is it the winter or summer? Give me one of each. Okay. in the winter, um, you definitely got to go to a cl- Cavs game. Okay. Right? Go to a Cavs game. Yeah. Um, try to catch an Indians game. Catch a Monsters game. I think we're a big sports town. Um, so that is definitely going to be the mainstay for me. And I think um, very underrated uh, food town. Yeah. It's a very underrated What's food town. What's the restaurant? There's, Where do you well, go? Well, I got a, a uh Morocco right there, solid. And they got another one. Um, Mocho's, Dante's. Um, gosh, I'm I'm get crushed right now because I'm forgetting so many. It's but the hot seat. It's the hot seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, uh then if you like beer and drinking, there's plenty of things to do downtown. Yeah. Um the flats has really grown if you're a younger squad, younger younger guy. Uh during the summer, just be outside. Everyone's so happy that's not negative fifty that everyone's outside. So grab a beer, walk around. Yeah. And everyone's nice here, man. That's the thing. It's like nobody's here trying to scam you or trying to steal your money for the most part. Um, you know, I don't really watch the news too much. I don't know what our thieving is. But uh well, just we told you fun. to leave your wallet at the door for a reason. No, oh, no, no. That's right there. There ain't no money in it. I'm like Tiger Woods. I never carry cash. Um, you know, but just give it a chance. I think if you look around outside of just downtown, yeah. if you go outside over to the bridge, Ohio City's great. So um, just explore.
0: A lot of hidden nuggets here. Oh, yeah. Young players who idolize you, what would you say to them? If they're looking, they want to be the
3: next Channing Frye. No, you don't want to be me, man. I think you should be the best you. For me, um, I just embrace my role, and I think... You know, I always have these thoughts, and I have this notebook that I carry down, and I always write, like, the heading of, like, whether it's, like, I try a beer that I like. Oh, man, if I want to make beer, like, my beer, this is what I like about it. Do I like the can? Do I like the label? Do I like how it smells? And so because I don't have, like, any set thing that I want to do, I write down everything that I like or don't like. And so for me, I was writing down, like, if I was going to coach, what would I tell a player? And I would say, like, okay, if you do one thing, right, what is your one thing that I can rely on you for? Is it shooting? Is it scoring? Okay, from there, then you build, right? You always in, uh, improve your scoring, but then you always improve the little things. Can you play man-to-man defense? Can you play zone defense? Are you communicating? Right. Like, are you running back? Are you, you have a good energy when you're not scoring? Um, and so for me, it's just for the guys growing up, don't get into your own hype. Take your role and evolve it until you're so good that people force you to do what you want to do
0: anyways. If they think they're up to the challenge, you said, I'll take you on at L.A. Fitness. What L.A. Yeah, yeah. Fitness can they
3: meet you at the Oh, no, I'm no, going? not right now. Big Big dog got to rest a little <laughs> bit, man. I'm still tired. You know, even though I didn't play a lot, um, just the grind of the season. And my body actually feels really, really good. I actually lost, since the season, like 12 pounds or something like that. No just kidding. from not lifting and running and eating like a madman. You know, I'm on like a fasted diet now and yeah. all this other kind of stuff. It's crazy. But, yeah. Um, Uh, Eventually, you'll you'll find me at LA Fitness. But I think, for me, when I said that, I was totally joking around. Right, right. I just think for people, they just go, well, you suck because you're not playing. And I'm like, dude, I'm not playing because there's four other all-stars ahead of me, basically. And uh, I'm 35, and I've been doing this a long time. But don't think that, like, the worst NBA player can go anywhere in this country and – and bust everybody up at LA Fitness. Just, just put it that way. So, we don't suck. We just are not getting time on a team that we're at. It's what we are. Everybody in the NBA is amazing. I want to talk a little bit about the video that your wife made for you. Yeah. Oh kids. man. What, yeah. I mean, what does that mean to see that? And, and she kept talking about your infectious smile and laugh. I've always like when basketball got taken away from me. I always said I was always going to enjoy it and not put so much anxiety on myself about it. I think it's a game, and we're blessed to be able to play it. And we are extremely, um, I don't know if sometimes we ever, like, breathe in, like, what it's like to have 16,000, 17,000 people screaming for you. Um, we just kind of take it for granted, I think, at times. And so after I got an opportunity to come back, um, I was like, you know, I played all 82 games, which is the only year I've ever done that. Um, and I just, every, before every game, I would get stretched and just look and just take mental images of, like, being on this court But all these fans, whether you hate me or you love me, just this is amazing. I think now that I'm on the other side, I value people's time and people's passion and emotion. And the fact that you give that to us, you know, three, four nights a week has been amazing for my career. And, um, you know, my wife's video, um, you know, I just want to provide for my family and be the best I can be. And sometimes I was not the best. And sometimes I was, eh, I was okay. But... The video meant everything. It meant, um, it's up there. It's like one of my happiest moments of just saying, like, you know, you guys are proud of me, you know. And every day I go to work, it's like I want to win. I want to be the best me. But when I kiss my kids goodbye, I think, damn, okay, I got to I gotta go extra hard, even if I don't want to. Because it's a small window for us. And I was blessed to actually play for 14 years. But it could have been taken away at any moment. Yeah. So, for me, it was, uh, it was everything. And she gets lots of hugs and kisses now. I'm home. But... She's still like, Channing, you got to get out the house and do something. So I I might take up golf. You go back to Young
0: Channing Frye, just got drafted. Was it eighth overall? Yeah, eighth. What do you tell him? Is there one piece of advice you'd go back and tell Young Channing when he got drafted? With the Knicks, right?
3: Yeah, Don't live in Connecticut, live in the city. Yeah? (laughs) Yeah. It'll save you a lot of money on driving and and, uh, drivers. You'll be all right. You know what? If that's the only
0: mistake you made, though, that's not bad. I mean, I
3: wouldn't change anything or else I wouldn't be here now, I think, for me. um, I just didn't know. And so I'm glad I didn't know because it, like, made me it made me appreciate later, like, being on good teams. You know, I was on some sh- crappy teams. Yeah. But they were good people, just in bad situations. Is it
0: more fun, though, sometimes on a crappy team? Because no. Losing Because no. okay. the I there would be no pressure.
3: No, no, no. There's more pressure to win. You don't want to be that team that loses 20 in a row, 30. A row. It's embarrassing. Like, people think, oh, you guys suck and you don't want to win. And it's like, no, dude. Like, we're I'm in practice for three hours just to lose the next day. Like, this is not fun. Like, Winning is fun. Winning is why you play and having a good culture. Like, even though we didn't win a lot this year, we were winning little battles, and that is what made it tolerable. We had so many freaking injuries this year. It was ridiculous. So, it was good.
0: This is TJ. Of all the teams you played for, which one had the best fan base? Boy, that's setting you up right there.
3: No, I would say, um, shockingly, the Portland Trailblazers in my second year, when we had Brandon Roy. Okay. Uh, we made the playoffs, lost in the first round. That was an amazing team. We had Lamarcus Aldridge, Brandon Roy, Jared Jack, Steve Blake, myself, um, and a bunch of good, like Rudy Fernandez. I don't yeah. know if people remember him. He had a lot of hype, but that fan base was going nuts because we, they were the Trailblazers. The then we went 4,500 my first year, and the next year we made the first round of the playoffs. And they threw us a parade, and it was like the beginning of this. The Blazers now was back then, like that's where it really. Well, began they don't have establish. a lot of other
0: sports out there either, right? No, it's, no, it's we have trailblazers uh, so or... it's
3: Trailblazers, Timbers, and uh, the something Hawks, Winter Hawks. But yeah, we might get we're getting a baseball team out there.
0: Okay, the Q is no longer the Q. Does right? Make you, does it make you sad? You, no, no. If, you like if the that the was me, um,
3: well, I mean, you think about it, money wise, nobody knew what the Q meant. So you got to change it to what somebody knows. Like, why is the purpose of having advertising if nobody knows? Yeah. Like, if you ask a regular person what the Q means, they're like, "Oh, it's just a Q." Like, I don't know. They don't know what it means quick and Loans. So if I'm paying all that money, now nah, let me change that name. So I don't care what they name it. The place is amazing. It's it's keeping up there with the uh, you know the newer places. So it's a great it's a great uh, it's a great fieldhouse.
0: Yeah. A lot of people are, are are talking right now about the sports betting. Do you think it's good or bad for the game? Great for
3: the game. Yeah? I think it's great for the game. I think um, as long as we can keep the security measures correct, I think it's going to be great. Uh, I think it's going to be great revenue for everybody. I think it's going to get more exposure for the sport. And um, I think it's going to, like, just generate money. Money's going to be exchanged. And the more money they get, the more players get, the more, you know, exciting the game gets, the more exciting the in-game entertainment gets and uh the better uh, product you're going to see.
0: From Brad, would you ever want to get into coaching?
3: Uh, yeah, it just depends, though. I, I would coach probably high school, maybe college, if I had the right opportunity. But I'm not good at, like, lying or recruiting. I'm more like, listen, come here if you want to get better. Like, so I'll maybe make like you better. maybe like a high school. High school would be great. Because, listen, at that point, you know, parents can't tell me anything. I'm an NBA champion, 14-year vet. You know, I'm pretty sure I know what I'm doing. Um, I think for me, coaching's a lot. And I love the development of each player, but, um, you know, it would take me a while. I have to be really committed to that because there's a way I like things done. I right. know things should be done, um, not only for, like, the players to get the best out of themselves, but for, like, the trainer to be successful, for me to be successful, for the school, like, just to build a, a, the way an organization be run from head to bottom, head to toe. I wrote this in my notes. You, you got, you're got you ready. Oh, I'm dead ready. <laughs> Seriously ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I spent, like, an hour one day writing of, like, how things, like, successful organizations have been run top to bottom. Okay. Stephanie wants to know, when you look back on the
0: parade. Yeah. What's, what sticks out in your mind?
3: Number one, uh, I ate a piece of pizza. Number two, that is the meanest hangover I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> and number three, uh, I wish they would have put us all on buses, right, with air conditioning because it was so hot and – the barriers, they didn't have enough barriers. Yeah. And so it took us four hours to go, like, two square miles. So if we were on the bus, at least we'd have coolers with beers and water. But literally, we were, like, asking, like, everyone was so hot. We could have had, like, super soakers and spraying everybody with water. It would have been, if they had assumed that we were going to win. We, it would, well, <laughs> it was we, the first parade. Right, right, right. Years. I know. Listen, like, hey, it was great. Grass. No, no. I had a great time. Obviously, it's like looking back at it. Um, But, yeah, dude, if we would have buses, it would have been amazing.
0: I want to end with this. Your icon on Twitter is Stanley Hudson. Well, it was.
3: Yeah, 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 it was. I changed it.
0: Give me your best Stanley Hudson impersonation. It's
3: from The
0: Office, if you don't know. Man, he just needs a crossword puzzle. That's it. Like, yeah. it. I thought you were going to bust out the... Why do you always CC me on <laughs> yeah. things that have nothing to do with me? Dude,
3: The Office is one of the best, man. It is. Oh, I might Good go stuff. back. I got some free time. I might go watch all of them. Jenny thank Fry, you so thank much. Thank you
0: so much. We thank you for being a part of Let's Be Clear. So this is the one time I feel like that the podcast doesn't quite capture the look because his impersonation (laughs) was the look of Stanley Hudson. But, I mean, he nailed it, the eye roll, and I think people would have got it. But he is an office fanatic. I mean, he talked about that
1: afterwards for for quite a bit. Another thing that came up while we were sitting there, um, he's a big guy, structurally. He he was – impeccably dressed. I mean, he just had a very... It wasn't like a suit or anything, but it was a, it was just nice street clothes and great sneakers. My son's a sneakerhead, so every now and then I'll kind of pay attention to what shoes people are wearing. And someone on the crew mentioned, hey, nice kicks. And he went off uh, on a conversation about how much he loves shoes. He's got a shoe collection. At one point, I think he said um, his foot size is maybe 14. I, I can't remember. It was a pretty good size shoe. And uh, he wound up uh, giving a couple of pairs to a young man who was an aspiring athlete who had trouble getting shoes. And it really just kind of lit him up to talk about shoes. We actually probably could have him back and just talk fashion. Well, That'd be kind of fun.
0: So long story short, if you run across Channing Fry now that he's <laughs> retired, if you open with the office or shoes, that's your icebreaker to get him talking.
2: I think another thing to know about him, if you were ever to want to run into him, I know he's out of the Cleveland area, but I remember him saying that after the Cavs won the championship, he went to Don Ramon, the Mexican restaurant in Westlake, which is also one of my favorites. He said that he went there, was watching the rerun of the game, and he got a margarita and celebrated. So I also know that that's a favorite local spot of his.
0: Definitely a Cleveland guy, and he didn't need to talk Cleveland up as much as he did because he was leaving, but I definitely think we will see him back in Cleveland for some event at some point in the future. So that is the Channing Fry. Let's Be Clear podcast. We're moving on now and getting into a bit of a Hollywood
1: um, detour here with Monica Potter on the next edition.